as we know, development hell is a very real thing when it comes to Disney Star Wars. And like, I wouldn't be surprised that two years from now we hear that Patty Jenkins leaves this film. I, I would be almost shocked if we don't get that headline. One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Includes, but is not led to. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagan's. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song. But hey, we gave it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. They are divided For equal sequel Hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive a big thank you to N Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is September 20th, 2022, the eve of Calrissian Endor. I am Zach Weber, and joining me is Canadian collector Chris Porteous. Hey, there's so much Star Wars stuff going on, and I'm here for it. Is there, though? Is, is there really? Are you aware of something? Did, did, did Disney offer you a deal? Did they, did no, they give no, you no, a movie just, deal? No, no, no. No, the official media is like neither here nor there, but like, and just in my life and my social circle, there's so much Star Wars stuff going on. It's great. It was great today, Chris. I found an Antoc Merrick Black Series figure at fifty percent off. I only waited a year for that to be pre, like that pre-order to be fulfilled, though. But I found it for fifty percent off. Nice, him and stares into the Ga- void. Him and uh, Galen Urso have been sitting at Indeed. Toys R Us for a year. Exactly. Yeah. But it's amazing. You had to wait a year for yours to go to clearance. Mine went immediately to clearance after sitting on a, sh- like a, a cargo container off the coast of California for uh, 18 months. Antoc Merrick has a Black Series figure is like so funny to me because it's just like here's like like space Ned Flanders who is literally only known for his vehicle. And like you may never you'll never get his vehicle. So here's what he looks like outside of it with his helmet on that. Like I said, that I still have. Oh God! Like okay, I'm gonna do a, a real. I'm gonna do a zenger right now in real time. I'm going to. It's literally within arm's reach. The uh, the the blue leader X-wing. I like this thing. They even made the droid as a uh, TVC figure. Yeah, no, I I got it too. It's it's pretty cool, but like you know, it's just a repaint. But but I'm not. It, it is the, what I'm, it I'm, is. No, no. I'm saying I wouldn't get the black series one. That that, that is just funny it's, to me. It's already being marked down again on clearance. I saw a post from Yak Face. I think it's like 750 now. So like my I just just at Target this afternoon. And if it goes to 750, I'll, I'll probably pick the black series up cuz it's it's a neat fit. Like that's when we're like even though I think the Hasbro thing of like designing your own head is like goofy, if I can put it on that body, I'd be like, okay, like better than just a generic Luke X-Wing body uh yeah i guess so um i don't know like the luke x-wing black series like that they used for like uh cowboy hat man like i don't know it just doesn't look right on on any other head than mark hamill in my opinion <laughs> i don't know as it, as most likely it was sculpted to only work in that particular context yet hey, look at it this way you have a choice between luke x-wing uh jumpsuit or 2013 boba fett mold like those are your options because you get one or the other they only have two molds left um you know what 2000 uh, like as many times as they've made that thing 2013 boba fett's pretty good like you know if you're gonna have like 10 black series figures that's in there that's like i said i was going back and looking at that war the uh bounty hunters 
Boba Fett figure. And I'm just like, dude, did you look at the hot toys for that? Like that is a yeah, cool figure. Yeah, it is. And like, it's one of the few, apparently it's one of the like very few star Wars hot toys that have actually like sold out in like recent times where you like actually can't buy it anymore. But I guess it was like, was it a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive or something? I think it's like a Toy Fair exclusive. Like it has that like my I, I don't know how that works, but it has, yes, yeah, some level of exclusivity surrounding it. Right. And it has well, also I, mean, I wouldn't I haven't got like an amp like they put out like a 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett like in the regular like colors. And like even that one came with like a bunch of cool stuff, like an alternate helmet that had like the eyes painted on from like his first parade appearance and stuff like that is a deep cut that most filthy casual star wars fans do not know why there's eyes painted on that helmet and they put it in a hot toys that's cool i still didn't get that i just still didn't get that i don't have any uh hot toys as of yet personally i it should be stated that i pre-ordered my uh kenobi uh darth vader with the damaged helmet because i couldn't resist i it's not good i'm not gonna get it until so i give it'll come out Oh god, it'll be released sooner than oh god. <sighs> Insert joke about next Star Wars movie here. Like there that figure is slated for release March 2024, yet it will somehow be released years before the next Star Wars movie. Yeah, uh, well, it, the only one the only ones you get like immediately after they're announced from Hot Toys are like those like w- weird repaints like that Black Boba Fett and I think they were doing like like a chrome clone trooper or something recently that just looks terrible to me and like i don't know what's wrong with people who'd buy something like that because it's like that's like uh not what it looks like in the movie i don't know if you guys know that but like it looks pretty bad it's not what it looks like in the they movie. do that with the uh, other characters i know for like batman v superman they did a chrome like armored batman um it, it, i think it's a way for people who like have fear of missing out syndrome where it's like oh i couldn't get the regular version so like i'll settle for this it, it's the notion of it. Something's better than nothing. Yeah, it's not actually though. You, you don't play yourself. Just buy the real one on eBay if you want. It still look like a clone trooper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Alrighty, Chris. But we are not here to talk about Star Wars collecting. We're not here to talk about Calrissian Endor debuting roughly in uh, six hours. We are here to talk about all the D twenty three announcements. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to go to Galaxy's Edge and be able to take awkward selfies with the Mandalorian and Big Whiskey. Yeah, well, you know, let's see. How old is the Mandalorian in between episodes eight and nine? What what was that? 23 approximately? He'd be 23 years older than when we last saw him in the the Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, I don't know quick math, but if if he's like five during the clone wars he's got to be like 60 by then right (laughs) because luke's not even like born yet during the clone wars pretty much like that but again does he have bo katan syndrome that's the real question well you don't that's the beauty of it you never have to know because he's gone back to wearing his helmet all the time which also the you know the interesting thing about this because they are playing fast and loose with their park is in canon because this basically tells you if the Mandalorian appears in <laughs> Galaxy's Edge, it tells you that he continues caring for Big Whiskey for 25 years, <laughs> and he doesn't he doesn't upgrade his armor ever again, and uh, and he doesn't overcome his religious fanaticism that makes he's sure he has to wear his helmet all the time. So like he really makes no character progression, and Big Whiskey never moves on to bigger and brighter things. 
uh, and the rest of the Mandalorian series. But this, that's the thing about Galaxy's Edge. That, like, I'm just waiting for the inevitable... Like, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Like, I think that's one thing that definitely will happen after the next Star Wars movie is that they're going to have... They're going to slowly, slowly, slowly just make that into... It's just a general time period. Like, they, I think I, they did. I think they did because there was like somebody from the story group. I don't know if it was Pablo Hidalgo or whoever, but they like the there was like the comment about uh, about uh, the Mandalorian showing up at Galaxy's Edge was something so nebulous. It was like at some point the Mandalorian and Grogu traveled to Galaxy's Edge. Like it was, there was literally like the words at some point or something <laughs> something like that, and they're implying that it was just like yeah, we don't know when this happened. Well, that's the thing is like, I, again, I, I don't know because it, ugh, Disney theme park stuff is so slow moving. There's no incentive for them to build any new Star Wars stuff in any of the parks that already have it. I, I think if they, when they inevitably do something new Star Wars related, it, God, we're talking probably at least 10, 15 years, the absolute earliest. And I'm, I'm basing this a hundred percent off my understanding of Florida, not off Disneyland is that it's going to be taking out Star Tours and the Muppets and just expanding it. And they're going to sit there and make that, like, I don't know, Tatooineville or something. Like, clearly nothing resonated from Kenobi, like, on a normie level. And I, 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 I can't imagine anything from Mandor will, will resonate based on just Tony Gilroy being like, screw your fan service. Like, like... <laughs> like i can't imagine anything in this is gonna be like really be that barn burner that they're looking for i love that i love listen like i like maybe we're at we're at sort of um we're we're sort of of separate opinions on this whole tony gilroy thing because like the the disgusting amount of like attempting to like co-opt my nostalgia and fan service that was in this kenobi behind the scenes thing on disney plus was just like Zach, I know you're not going to watch it and you can't bring yourself to watch it, but I can't stress enough. They put all the actors and Deborah Chow in the volume and made them watch Star Wars movies and then just filmed their faces while they were like smiling, watching Star Wars movies. That is like 20% of the B-roll in this thing. It's like, could you guys show me some behind the scenes Kenobi stuff instead of like watching Hayden Christensen smile while watching A New Hope? Like, what is this? <laughs> this is so, so bizarre. It's almost like an experimental film in that regard. Like, there's like, hey, if that's what it was for like 55 minutes straight is just like a sizzle reel of reactions to them watching Star Wars. There's something weirdly avant-garde about that. Like coming from it's like, not a good. major... I'm not, saying, not no, 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 I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying that the idea of just doing that solely that and just selling that is behind the scenes material. There's something weirdly avant-garde about that. If that's there just is, what it was. Well, there is behind the scenes material in it, but there's just not like it should be mostly that because like the, there's interviews, of course, but then there's like literally it's like they, they hate and watching the movies by himself. You and watch the movies by himself. Hayden and Ewan watching the movies together. Deborah Chow watching the movies. Deborah Chow dramatically walking through Tatooine in the volume, just like thinking to herself as if there's not a man with a steady cam following her. Like it's just weird, and it's like they're just all talking about how much they, how happy they are to be there, how much they love Star Wars. It's like, yo, can you guys like focus on making a show that's worth watching, please? Like for God's sake, real sets, practical effects. 
Isn't it amazing right. how that rhetoric went out the window? Think about it, that was only seven years ago, and they couldn't have punted that rhetoric out of the park fast enough. Like we've well, gone from a part, we've gone JJ. from a part where like <laughs> JJ's not part of the mix anymore. He's persona non grata because he's I starting know. to talk. He's talking he, about how we, we should have had a plan that you shouldn't see your throat. You shouldn't have said that, JJ. Now you're now you're not part of the team anymore. He's been boosted out of Warner Brothers too. Like, good lord, he, the one thing he had left Constantine now is uh, back in the Keanu Reeves uh, cinematic universe. I talk about a guy that was on top of the world a few years ago, and he's just, oh god, he's like Darth Maul, like on the trash planet, just like with a bunch of like spider legs, just sitting there like wandering around aimlessly, like yelling about like Kenobi and uh, Luke Skywalker and Harrison Ford. I mean, I don't know. That's I I, I equate that more to Chris Tario. J, JJ will land on his eight legs. Well, JJ has a, has more money than we would ever know how to never know what to do with. You know, Chris Tario is the one that goes out there and he's like just like yelling gibberish on the corner. Like all he's missing is like a sandwich board sign that says something like this is how Palpatine returned. Like I can imagine Chris Tario seeing the memes about like Palpatine and the rise of Skywalker and just like throwing his shoe at the monitor. Like I could the see memes, him doing you know, that. No, specifically the memes saying if anyone ever told you you couldn't be a screenwriter like this was approved <laughs> somehow palpatine returned i love it i love it so much <laughs> but yeah anybody like i'm sorry like i like i i don't know like hopefully the last five listeners don't stop listening because i say this but like that kenobi behind the scenes thing was terrible and if you enjoyed any of it except for the palpatine behind the scenes thing where he was like laughing about getting his lines wrong and like you could see deborah chow remotely directing him from home that's the only part of it you were allowed to enjoy otherwise you're 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 messing <laughs> you're up. part of the problem yeah. <laughs> well i will say that like okay peek behind the curtain because part of the uh oh god what would you call it, it antithesis news from this week is that like rogue squadron for all intents and purposes has been canceled as a movie and so in preparation for this recording, I went back and listened to our December 2020 episode on The Mandalorian Chapter 15. And we go back and forth because I guess I just announced a lot of the stuff that's coming to fruition now, whether it be Calrissian Endor, Kenobi, The Bad Batch, Visions, um, the other half a dozen things that we still two years later have no idea what any of it's about. And at one point, like when we're talking about Kenobi and like, I guess part of the pitch was Kathleen Kennedy's line of quote rematch of the century. And it's you Zenger and I just like burying our heads in our hands being like, this is so misguided. And then like we had all these predictions and yet none of it happened. Like, I, I don't mean that like, as in like, like an optimistic thing, like, Oh, all these fatalist, like, Oh God, the uh, predictions didn't come to pass. It's just that like, we had all these like lofty ambitions of them just being like, Oh God, like stepping in it. And instead it did nothing. They just stood still. And like, at one point we were talking about like, Oh, well, how would like Vader's like, again, if Vader and Obi-Wan cross paths, we were like, how does that come to an end where Vader literally just is like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And now watching the show, it's hysterical to think in retrospect that why Vader just stops going after Kenobi is because Palpatine says, haven't you had your fill of this by now? Like, like there's such no, a like weird, 
Yeah, like we were talking about. You He's like, knock it right. off. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, you were. I think you were missed our chapter six review. But like, he's basically like, you know, we're trying to run an empire here. Like, can't you like do something that's actually helps functionally run this place? Like, you know, you're spending a lot of time on this project that hasn't really turned out to do anything. But but uh, you know, on the subject, okay, a couple things from what you said there, though. There is a shot in the obi-wan behind the scenes on disney plus that like really like i want to like edit a instagram clip of that this shot and then in quotes at the top rematch of the century because like it literally shows like vader and kenobi fighting on like a two meters squared like patch on the volume (laughs) and it's just like comparing the logistics of this battle like they're literally standing in like a sandbox like swinging at each other and like you got the volume of the like spiky blue planet all around them, but like they're barely moving. Right. And it's like comparing that to like the like action set pieces of episode three. It's just like even the, even, even the duel in the empire strikes back between Vader and Luke had more interesting things going on in terms of like the location being part of the choreography. Like they're literally just standing on a patch of sand, like swinging baseball bats at each other. It's really horrifying that this was called the rematch of the century it's crazy because they again not to relitigate kenobi but it's part of that a is the covid thing where it's like okay they're afraid to put more than like six people in a room together but they were also doing this pre-covid with the mandalorian the stupid uh the, the the void like that's the thing where it's like this was this is their this is their equivalent of George Lucas in green screen during Attack of the Clones. They're just drunk on the idea that they can sit there, save tens of millions of dollars. And whereas obviously when Lucas was doing all this in like 2000, 2001, sure, cost cutting was part of it. But I think there was at least some level of creative aspirations at play. There is creativity is not allowed at Lucasfilm. Like it's come down to a point where it's just like rinse, (laughs) lather, repeat for everything. But just like the idea of like something as simple as like, I'm talking about just like basic stuff where the environment like plays into a duel. Like, you know, like when, when, uh, they they're obi-wan and anakin are fighting inside the 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 mining building on mustafar and they accidentally cut the computer which like destroys the shields over the bridge that they're they that then breaks off into the lava like that's too complex of an idea for a uh, for a duel in the disney plus era (laughs) the idea that like they damage something that then plays like it's literally the tiniest two-step setup for an action set piece like that stuff like that is not really happening anymore it's crazy but um, because you can't tell where you are on that planet because it has no details whatsoever. It's just like rocks. You know what I mean? There's no environment. It's like one plain environment in that whole like planet where they have their duel in Kenobi. But um, yeah, there's that. And uh, there there was and one the one other thing I wanted to point out about that was like about when you were talking about Palpatine at the end of Kenobi. It's like the behind the scenes showed that it was a practical makeup on Palpatine, which I would have never believed unless I saw this behind the scenes footage. Cause it looks terrible on the show, but uh, in the behind the scenes footage, it looks amazing. He looks just like he does in return of the Jedi. It's crazy. But, well, because uh, it wasn't rendered properly. Like that's yeah. when we're like, we hear all the stories about like the Marvel visual effects people. And, and that's the thing. Like I, you wish you could blame the visual effects artists. Yeah. I think 
the people the people that are giving them the input have no idea what they're doing and it's combined with just an unreasonable timetable to not even refine these half-baked ideas yeah i mean it was lit it was lit kind of weirdly and like i it like they could have done it with a deep fake maybe it would have looked better i have no idea but the behind the scenes stuff of ian mcdermott on set looked awesome it's a shame they didn't film more they probably did film some extra stuff but you may never see the light of day just like rogue squadron <laughs> all right chris so, like in in the worst kept oh god fate accompli in the history of star wars it are you surprised that this is not happening like like there should be no star wars fan that's like oh my god this isn't happening like it was it was blatantly obvious to me two years ago i just wasn't i wasn't really excited for it because it's just Another example, much like Tales of the Jedi, which I'm sure we'll get to in a bit, but it's just like it's the current the current guard at Lucasfilm co-opting a sub franchise name that means something else to all of us. And they're just saying, well, it's just a title to us and we're going to make it about something completely different. Rogue Squadron is a series of games with characters, and this is going to have nothing. If had this been made, it would have had nothing to do with that. It would have been. You know, they're referencing a name from Empire Strikes Back for a, for a squadron. It had, would have had nothing to do with what I think of as Rogue Squadron. And it would have been, you know, it's just, it would have been ham-fisted and weird is my guess. And I'm kind of glad it's not coming out. It's kind of like, you know, like Tales of the Jedi. It's like, um, we basically still have Clone Wars going on. The Bad Batch is really just Clone Wars, like season 10. So this is like more... And, uh, you know, um, it's like shorts in the Clone Wars animation style. And it's just like, it's so saddening when it's like Tales of the Jedi is actually a cool, interesting thing in its previous incarnation. So it's just like a shame that it's just like, they're just watering down what used to be a cool thing in both these cases. And I'm, I'm kind of glad. I, I will say about Tales of the Jedi is that I, I have seen some conversation out there because it's like, why are we getting more Ahsoka stories? Like, again, why? Like, the Dooku stuff seems a little interesting because it seems like there's some meat on the bone there. But the thing is, what I was reading online is that this might be their foot in the door for going into more obscure characters. Like, one thing I think of Star Wars explained in a video, like, oh, wouldn't it be great to see Tar Vizsla as, like, the first Mandalorian Jedi, like, in Tales of the Jedi, like, like exploring really kind of just out there characters like something like that where it's like okay like obviously you need to have the grounding so it hooks the normies which is again all this again every streaming show is legit just a poster outside a movie theater it's there to try to reel you in it's not there to be if it turns out to be a fulfilling piece of storytelling great but that's not its intent on the corporate level um that's the thing like i look at the tales of the jedi is probably the thing out of the the next three star wars projects that are coming down the line that i am genuinely excited for uh just because the dooku stuff seems interesting i like the idea that we're going to see that dooku qui-gon master apprentice relationship that's been hinted at now for 20 years yaddle that alone that alone should sell most of us just the idea of yaddle finally getting something to do outside of sitting in a chair and it, it seems interesting. Like, again, I, I I have no problem with them going back to the well of Clone Wars style animation. I think there's as a, as a very specific medium as it Lucas being Lucasfilm's version of like Pixar aesthetic. I have no problem with it. Um, 
again, I, I don't care about visions like that. To the, fine, two years ago, we talked about that. And I'm like, I, I don't care. You already made perfect anime Star Wars. It was called Clone Wars. You, it, you can't reinvent the wheel. Tales of the Jedi at least seems interesting. I, not the Ahsoka stuff. I don't care about the Ahsoka stuff. Again, they've kind of just enough of that character. That character is fun, but it's not. she is not an intellectually deep character. And but whereas Dooku and Qui-Gon, oh God, can you only imagine what that relationship is like? So I'm like, perfect. Give us more of that. And then seeing all the weird stuff with like Ahsoka and she's training with all the clone troopers, and it's meant to in the shots mirror what happens in the the final arc of the Clone Wars. And then you have these weird shots of like Obi-Wan with his like Attack of the Clones hairstyle, which makes literally no sense. It's canon breaking because the Clone Wars showed him first meeting ahsoka for the first time and he had the episode three haircut so it is canon breaking very similar to uh ray in the rise of the resistance ride where it's it's genuinely jarring and then oh god the the, the minor controversy of the inquisitor overriding the ahsoka novel which is the first case of disney overriding itself like really concrete um how is it but like if it's a novel like i saw people commenting that he looked different but like well, they, I don't know what the source image was that they the were comic, comparing. There's to. a con because again, I I never read the Ahsoka novel. Uh, Zenger did. I I don't know what uh, blah sister brother it is Inquisitor wise, but that Inquisitor is referenced by name in the book, and then in one of the comics we get to see it illustrated, and whatever the illustration is from the comic does not match whoever this character is. And I think EK Johnson, the author of the books, like that's not what the character looks like, like based on what the conversations I've had with Lucasfilm about this specific inquisitor, that's not what they look like. So it, it seems well, so, like, it, so it's, well, I don't know like why she would, then again, she was, she's like a bit of controversial figure. She was like on, like she was like, I think publicly tweeting that they should cancel eclipse after it got announced and stuff so like you know she's another star wars project that will never come out well that that had an update that had some updates recently though like i don't know i heard there was like some stories about new information about that recently i don't know i'm not so certain another prediction i will make on the record that game will never come out just just calling that now like go to gamestop ask your five dollar deposit back (laughs) there's better ventures i don't know there might be some uh some enron stock to invest in it's a better more fruitful future if you go down that path I mean, can they really cancel like 80 percent of star wars games that are in that, what do you mean games you should say at all media like it's coming to a point where think about it the last major star wars game as in like got a genuine full court press marketing was battlefront 2 in 2017 and even that got muddled because ea was being ea during all of it I think about the last major tentpole game was Battlefront 2. Like, yes, I love Fallen Order. It was not a tentpole game for the franchise. And and think about that game is five years old now. It's been discontinued support for the last, oh God, two and a half years. And there's nothing, again, game-wise, there is nothing on the horizon. And and, and it's just, there's almost a level of just, oh God, it's their brand disney so like they can do whatever they want with it but like there's a certain level it just feels like there's like a fiduciary responsibility to like the culture like like these are things that people have invested their time and energy in that said they're keep it alive as in just keeping it in the zeitgeist and they just don't care and i think d3 was the ultimate just 
oh god putting a bow on it and just like even forget about star wars just as like a disney nerd like there was like i was thinking about that like d23 is one of those things is like a disney nerd it'd be like it'd be fun to do i'd like to do it at some point in my life and i'm looking at this like there hasn't been a d23 since 2019 and i'm looking at it and it's like they didn't announce anything like nothing i think three years of sitting on their hands and they they're in like you have epic universe that is orlando or i'm sorry universal's third park that's gonna open in a couple of years and it's like they didn't announce a anything and b didn't even hint at anything on the horizon that would try to combat any of that and it's like this is a company not even lucasfilm that just i i think resting on your laurels is not even a strong enough term i honestly think this is a company that is so just bloated and arrogant that think that genuinely thinks it's an, it's infallible i don't it's hard for me to think that way because like like i still like strongly remember what the last like 15 years of lucasfilm like with that with george lucas was like so it's like it's it's i don't know it's like these the problem is it is true that it sucks they're not announcing movies because they're like objectively better than these shows in every way like even the ones i even though i don't like 75 percent of the disney star wars uh movies they're just like these shows are just like like by the numbers sort of ho-hum stuff except for like you know I'll, like I'll, i really give it up to like season one of the mandalorian two had i liked like half of two and but season one was pretty good but like you know at like least Kenobi, at least but even like if you look at the Mandalorian season three trailer, like the money's at least on the screen. Like you can like if you were to put the Kenobi marketing materials next to the Mandalorian season three, you can tell there's money being pumped into the Mandalorian. It feels like feeder level and production wise. And you would have to assume that's Favreau just going to bat being like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Like we're not going to half ass this. Whereas Deborah Chow is going to be like, please don't fire me. I just I just can't understand Kenobi and like that that behind the scenes thing just made it even weirder because they're all just like we love this so much Kurosawa George Lucas the power of myth <laughs> like the hero with a thousand faces I'm like have you guys watched your own show like it's crazy <laughs> but that's the thing like I was thinking about Kenobi a couple weeks ago and I'm like Kenobi had its moments like I'm not saying that I'm not trying to completely dispose of it like i love the homeless war veteran 501st clone trooper like that's a great moment that is a wow like the idea that like you have again you're taking the concept of oh god this fantastic space movie world and you're bringing it home in the idea that we've all seen this the guy sitting in the gutter with the sign that says hungry like we we've seen that and it really brings it home and i'm like okay that is a clever moment and then you have again. I didn't. I think I've talked about it a couple times, even though I wasn't part of the uh, chapter part six episode of Kenobi discussion. But even the whole thing where uh, Obi Wan cuts part of his helmet off, and you have the whole back and forth about you didn't kill me, I you didn't kill Anakin, I did, and you have that, and like you have this really kind of eerie, like muffled voice by Vader slash Hayden Christensen. And it was the, the the purple glow, of the red and blue lightsabers mixing. I'm like, that's neat. Like, that's what I want. And not saying that I want every moment to be like that. But there is, there's substance very periodically. And that's the thing I... where it's like, I, I think it has its moments here and there. It's just, it's not sustained. I really don't like that line where he's like, 
where he's like, you didn't kill Anakin, I did. First of all, earlier in the series, Vader himself contradicted that comment by saying, I am what you made me. And, uh, and I think that line is literally just in there because like, because they're like, oh, we got, why does Obi-Wan say, say it that way to Luke? It doesn't make any sense. Why is he lying to Luke? It's like, what motivation does an evil Anakin Skywalker Darth Vader have to absolve Obi-Wan of, of responsibility? I don't, I, just don't, I, don't I don't, I don't, like, I don't, I think you're, I think you're looking at it in the lens that it, it's like, you're looking at your armchair, uh, your armchair quarterbacking it. Well, how I, not saying that's wrong. Maybe that was their intent. Who knows? Kurosawa, the, the legend of myth, whatever. Um, the thing I find interesting about that is that I, I'm not taking it at its most literal. I just like, this is the idea that someone that's so consumed with just hatred and he's so just demented. Like he is demented by evil. And he's just like, he, he's consumed by it. It's the thing that uh, that Obi-Wan says in Jedi. He's more machine now than man. This is somebody that's been consumed by their hatred. And he it's literally twisted his mind. And that's what I like. It Because you look at Vader throughout the original trilogy. And for the most part, he's like just, oh God. He's a frustrated supervisor that just cannot handle... And isn't it great? That's my, that's my favorite thing about it. You see Palpatine promote him to supervisor at the end of the Obi-Wan show and that he's just by the businessman for the next few years. Like, it's, I don't know. He's just so unstable in that show. And it's just like, but that's why, him, I, that's why I know, like though. Like, that's the one thing I, again, I don't know if I like it, but it's something that's different. So I have nothing better. Again, it's the idea of at McDonald's, they put the McWrap on the menu after you've had quarter pounders for the last three or four years. Right. It's like, hey, it's something different. I'm not going to question it. And that's the, and that's what I find interesting. Even the whole thing with uh, – even though I think it was shot terribly, him walking down the hallway and he's just murdering people because he's just trying to get a rise out of Kenobi. I'm like, that's – it's different. That was We've never seen <laughs> – Yeah. It's clunky. I, no, it's vis- it's visually clunky. But as a concept, I get it because it's meant to show just this isn't the administrator from Empire and Jedi. This is a guy that's just like, I've had this anger hard on for the last decade and I'm finally able to do what I want. Like, think again, look at it psychologically. This is a guy that's probably been harping on this, who's literally living in a suit prison for the last decade. And the guy that's put him in this has finally come out of hiding and this is his chance to sit there just be like i'm going to take all my pent-up frustration for the last 10 years and i'm just gonna let it just rain down upon anything that gets too close to me and and like i said i find that as a just a a individual who loves star wars something that is mentally stimulating stimulating not saying it's good or bad like again we've gotten to a point with star wars where there's no point in characterizing anything as objectively good or bad because Compared to previous media, I, I I think all of it's gonna fall short just because there's so much of it now. It's hard hard to compete with the best of the best. Um, but but again, it's something like I still haven't gone back and rewatched any of Kenobi since it uh, debuted. I it's just kind of like okay, like I'm, it's kind of like Book of Boba Fett. It's like, will I go back and, and rewatch that? Yes. Will it mostly be because I want to watch uh, Tamora Morrison do like a Bantha? Like I, 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 I catch myself doing that a lot, just miming it. But again, it's like, okay. Like I think a lot of it too comes down to the fact, like I wish this was all on like Blu-ray or like D not DVD, but like physical media. 
there's something I find psychologically cheap about watching something by pushing a button solely on my TV. Um, it should be stated, and Chris is going to hate me for this, but I bought bootleg copies of 4K77 and 4K83. Um, and and <laughs> as well, the those Lord are, intended. I mean, like, I don't know, like, yeah, like that. I mean, I I got those on. I got Blu-ray copies of that off eBay, but you got to get them quick before they get flagged. I got mine off Etsy. That's how special I am. <laughs> but no, but yeah, again, so did, you, I, did you find an eighty though? Did you find an eighty? Is that no, I don't it, even understand if eighty is a thing. Eighty does. It exist. sort of does. Does it now? You're the one who told me it didn't I, exist. I, it's, it's more I, machine like, I don't know, now they, than man. They released something, but I think it was like a bit of a hack it job between fine. a sixteen mil version and thirty five. Well, I I know I know where I got my copies off Etsy. It was the complete. It was the all three films. And the big difference was you could get it with digital noise reduction and with no digital noise reduction. And the one that didn't have the digital noise reduction was considered the grindhouse version, which I think, like you said, it's like a 30, like 30 millimeter or 35 millimeter print, just completely just digitized. And then the one with digital noise reduction is a despecialized version. And I will Uh, say, well, I don't, I actually don't think it's, I don't think it's quite, I don't think there's much of a difference because someone who uses digital noise reduction on a regular basis, it's really just like, like the grain is just out of control on a like direct scan. I mean, but they're very much basically identical. It's just like, you know, like if you've ever used Photoshop, like noise reductions, like a first, the first, one of the first sliders in Adobe Raw. And it's just like, if the, if the source footage is like, robust enough to deal with it you're really just like smoothing out some of the noise i but i think they're identical cuts like they're not there's nothing else different about them it's just a no, post-production no, effect no yeah, yeah, it's, some of the spots. yeah it's a, no I, I i completely understand um and no and that that was the two differences between them and i went with the digital noise reduction just because i want these as cleaned up as possible um uh i will say that watching those a new hope seemed unnaturally bleached out like the image seemed bleached out like everything seemed a little too bright jedi looked phenomenal like there was details in jedi that i had never noticed before and i'm just like soaking it up like this look like the 4k 83 looks better than the 2011 blu-ray does like genuinely like i would like i would 100 do the pepsi challenge for that and be like this fan like just clean up is better than like the state sponsored version from like 10 years ago well i don't but is it better than the current 4k version though that's the question right that but that's that's a sin though like i I, we're not going to count that because that's that's a travesty that like the fact that we live in a world where disney with again and this thing disney loves money and disney knows that if they were ever to release the original trilogy unaltered that would oh god it would make them money not saying it would sit there do anything good lord like go from being in the red to the black in regards to anything, but they know that's a barn burner they're sitting on. And the fact that they still have done nothing and they're unusually quiet considering this is a company that is so uncannily uh, efficient at just stoking fan ire is, is something that they, they have never commented on. And it's so strange that that's one kind of stone they've deliberately left unturned. I actually feel like they, that we have, past as a culture the optimal profit window for releasing the original theatrical versions you're not wrong um 
you're not wrong. And and the best way, I'm trying to think, how can I even argue with that? Even even as a philosophical exercise, how do I argue with that? You are correct. You are correct, but I will say that if they were to ever market that, okay, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take okay. May I take two steps back? You got right. me there, Chris. You got me there. That that's a good one. That's a good argument. That's that's a very well played argument. Let's phrase it this way. In the last two weeks, it was just announced that Criterion, the boutique label that's done a little bit of everything for the last 25 years, has finally gotten access to the Disney library. Their first Disney, oh God, license in like 15 plus years is going to be a 4K cut of Wally. That, but outside- but what about but what about the vault? I was promised that these things weren't coming back out of the vault, man. But this is good God, the vault. There's a fantastic YouTube video by Yesterworld that does a whole thing about like the Disney vault and just Disney's like relationship with home video for the last 35 years. Fantastic video, go check it out. It's like almost like a half an hour long. This is the thing though, in that when Criterion announced this Wally 4K cut or for a home video release, Disney had really like Disney gave them access to what they wanted, but Disney has no direct involvement with this as in like Disney licensed the film from the vault. No more, no less. And everyone's like, Oh my God, like, what does this mean? And it's funny. The two things that everybody kept asking about, like in comment sections was a, are we finally going to get the straight story? David Lynch's Disney film. On Blu-ray, that was the first comment. Everyone's like, "We can finally complete the David Lynch filmography on home vi- on the HD home video." And then the second one was, "Does this mean we're getting the unaltered Star Wars original trilogy?" And and so I don't know. Again, I think Disney knows there's money there, but they're going to do it in a way that they don't get their hands dirty. Like, it, and I keep saying Disney, Disney and Lucasfilm are synonymous now. I think anybody who tries to partition the two is just doing it to make themselves look good. They know there's, I agree with you, is the optimal window for maximizing profit gone or passed? Most likely, but they could very easily license this out, not have to do anything on their end. Don't have to lift a finger, literally just sign the back of a check. They don't have to worry about any of the fallout and then just go forward. And that's how you do it. That's how I remember when Rob and I did Song of the South, like on Cinematis years ago. I'm like, you Disney could very easily get these films out and use a third party label, like boutique, like Criterion or whatever, as subterfuge and be like, no, 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 we are not touching this. We license it out. We're donating 100% of any revenue to insert charity organization rights group here. And but we're going to sit there and let this be there for people who want to see it. And they could do that. They could hundred percent do that and be, and be safe, be both for home video archivist and special interest groups, be heroes for donating money and fundraising. Like I, there's ways to do that. And you just, there's going to come a point when they're just going to sit there and be like, this is again, the same company that good Lord, I just saw. And I don't know if this means anything to Chris, but for their Halloween event, that's meant to be the antithesis to Halloween horror nights. It's Mickey's not so scary. Halloween bash. Like the tickets for that are something like $180 a piece. Like it's more expensive to get into the after night event than it is to actually get into the parks. And, and, and that's the thing. This company is more money hungry than it's ever been 
and trust me, folks, I've been following this company with a fine tooth comb for almost 20 years now than it's ever been before. Like they're, if they found the revenue, go ahead. I, I was There's listening to a, I was listening to a review of somebody who went to their little Halloween silly thing, and they're basically just saying that the kids can like trick or treat from like the costumed like mascots walking around like hundred yes give me a give yes. me one hundred twenty bucks <laughs> okay <laughs> you know so so but again, I, I don't but, know but that's the thing Disney's big thing right now is making money off not having to lift a finger and what better way to do that is to start licensing out the catalog. Like it's, 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 it's not worth it for song of the South. <laughs> no, no, they, no, no, they're no, not going to do something. They're not going to do something genuinely I, for film I, preservation. That I, I get no song of the South was the most extreme example, but there's things like 20,000 leagues under the sea, like stuff that is for the most part innocuous, but hasn't really gotten a fair shake in 40 years. Right. But the thing is now, like I was saying about it being past the optimal profit window, like people under 30 don't actually know what scenes were like added in 1997 and then again in 2004 and then again in 2011. Like they can't parse it. It doesn't like sear into their brains when they watch each version like it does for me. So like I just I don't I think it would it, it would almost like some subset of adults would just be confused and off put by that release. I don't think so. I will. Again, this is anecdotal evidence. But my local home, not local, my local Target, Walmart, Best Buy, all, oh God, six films of, of the original and prequel trilogies and their Disney era, like home video packaging with the really specific color hues. Those have been regularly stocked now for two and a half years. And they, not that they sell out to the point where like, there's nothing there, but they're always being replenished. So people are buying them. That that's the thing. I if they were to ever do this, I'm not saying it would be like okay, like we're gonna stock a hundred copies at each Walmart in the country. I'm not saying it would be that level, but I think they know there's money there, and if they don't have to do anything and just be given a check, they're gonna go for it eventually. It, it might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be 20 years from now, but there will come a point. Much like I said, how again, this for, for a long time listeners of the podcast, at one point my calling card was I called the Ray. The Ray Kylo Ren back to back fight in the Last Jedi, like to the T. My new version of that is going to be calling that Rogue Squadron got canceled. Like that will be my calling card for the foreseeable future. At some point, we will get the unaltered original trilogy as an officially sanctioned release. And if I had to guess when it will come out, it will be within a year after George Lucas has died. Because they're going to go to Katie Lucas and like Jet Lucas and be like, How would you like a big check? And that, and, and whoever Irving Kirshner and Richard Marquand's, uh, oh God, is left in their state. Yeah. I it will know. happen. It will I happen th- eventually. I think if it's, if it's done after Lucas's death, like it will upset me. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, Why? oh, it's so, gr- it's so gross. It's just like, by the way, you know, Zach and I have bought these already. And like, I don't need a better version than 4K 77 and 4K 83. Like, that's, I'm good with that for the rest it's, of my it's, life. It's a cultural victory, Chris. Luke, like I said, Lucas is the maker. We owe him for all of it. Um, it's because of him that I am tens of thousands of dollars in debt. But he did commit a cultural crime. He did. I Yeah, but the, the beautiful thing about the way like media technology has progressed is that like a fan with like $10,000 and like passion can be like, I'm just going to go buy a 35 millimeter print and clean it up. And there's literally nothing any of you can do about it because 
it, all of this technology has become stuff you can have in your home. And it's literally like the amount of care that was put into restoring like 4K 77 and 4K 83. Like they went through and like, I, you're talking about digital noise reduction, right? That's the tip of the iceberg with these things. They went through and like anytime there was a scratch on the print or dust that got in the scan, they cleaned up all of that stuff. They are, you're never going to get that kind of a treatment from Disney. They might co-opt the 4K 77 and 4K 83 prints somehow. They might do that, but it's not going to be better than that. I guarantee it. I, I Again, we'll never know for certain. I don't disagree with the idea that they would be lazy about this, but I could also see them farming it out to somebody else and letting somebody else take care of it. Like, And well, where but, they don't have to spend any money. But is there literally anything legally stopping them from just saying those updated versions are ours now like 4k 77 and 4k 83 well yes and no like the fact that you can buy them off etsy and ebay and they're not really pleased no but at the same time too chris like let's just say in 1985 you were given by a lucasfilm employee an original quote an original print of pick whatever film you want star wars empire jedi and let's say Today, you said, hey, Zach, for the sake of argument, let's pretend I run a movie theater and say, hey, how about for a fundraising opportunity, not even for profit, we'll pick a charity, whether it be, oh, God, what's something that's innocuous, uh, an animal shelter. They've and done all this. Well, that's the thing. If you try to sit there, show the original trilogy unaltered, they shut that down. They won't let you. They, but not they, they had their own event for, for A New Hope like a year or two ago. In, internally internally they'll do whatever they want they don't care again the ivory tower it's nice to live in the ivory tower but if you like if you and i wanted to I do this i can't remember what it was but i don't think it was i think you could buy tickets to it if you were in la and it was but like that, unofficially but, okay, but sanctioned but that's, like, but that's what i mean though is that it, again the ivory tower is deciding who and who cannot watch this officially and that's not how any of this should work the notion should be like any it's like uh this past weekend rachel and i they at the local drive-in they had a, they had Corpse Bride and they had the original Nightmare on Elm Street's double feature. Very strange double feature, but hey, go for it. And then like they gave us a little like oh god program sheet where like all their movies for the next month because Hollywood's not releasing any movies for the next month. And like one of the double features was like I don't even remember what this the 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 the, the bottom half of the double feature was, but the first half was Slither. James Gunn Slither, a movie that nobody knows what that is. That is by James Gunn standards, like, oh God, everyone's just like, what the hell is that? And the thing is, is that like, and I was trying to explain to Rachel why that movie was there is because clearly the studio is rent renting, quote unquote, some of these. And that probably is one of the cheapest options the driving could get as, and they probably got a higher ticket margin for that than they would for something a little more high profile whatever that may be. And that's the thing. Like in theory, this drive-in should be able to go to Disney and say, Hey, we want to do this. And Lucasfilm will shut it down. I, I don't think there's a, a high enough volume of ticket sales that Lucasfilm would permit for this to even be slightly economically feasible relative to, Oh, we want to show the, the, the altered or we want to show the force awakens or we want to show the Empire Strikes Back 2012 cut, whatever the last incarnation of that yeah. was. Well, That's like the, the one, the one that was put behind. on Disney Plus. Yes. But um, whoever the but, Disney Plus cuts. 
but that was um yeah well like the the disney plus for lack of a better term i think it was closer really like is more like the bit rate of the home video 4k version if you got had it had a disc but that was playing at a bunch of theaters like during the pandemic like well yeah empire see, what yeah but that's the thing though it's like when i went this was in for father's day 2019 they the i don't even know what you would even call it local theater of mine that for the most part it's a performing space but they have a projector digital projector and so they did the original trilogy and when i went i went because it was like oh like i wonder if it's gonna be like a 35 millimeter print and during the like guy whose like job it was to announce all this he's like these are the versions that disney provided us with and it was just like and and it wasn't mcclunky he says like these are the blu-ray cuts and like obviously the audience moaned and that's the thing like disney is again disney lucasfilm again synonymous terms when i say it like that is that they are keeping these behind a it's like beyond a paywall it's like gatekeeping and it's like these these are like it's the indiana jones thing of it belongs in a museum like if you're gonna make these films available make them available in all their forms like yeah well and and like i said it's a cultural argument it's they are the legal owners they can do whatever they want but i think there's something very disingenuous about being like star wars is for all and then sitting there hiding good lord 20 years of it behind just an ironclad gate i almost like i don't know like honestly like so much of what's happened has been like such an embarrassment to like george lucas's work that it's like if he put that as part of his deal like check it out i'm gonna sell star wars to disney but you guys can never release those theatrical cuts no matter what or this deal is off like in perpetuity for as long as this is legally possible i don't know how i don't know if they could do that in a way where it wouldn't be up to a state after he died i don't know but like if that's what he did i don't care because i have 4k 77 and 4k 83 and uh it wasn't that hard to procure if you really want it it belongs in a museum it'll be on it'll be on the the internet forever like now that those are out it's a philosophical argument first and foremost um anyway though back to contemporary star wars chris how excited are you for the i don't know if these leaked i don't know if leaks the right word but there i I think it goes up for pre-order tomorrow maybe sometime this week calrissian endor figures are you excited to buy calrissian endor an outfit that's just slightly different from his rogue one outfit i've been like mildly tempted to get his like updated black series figure with the like face printing because that's going on clearance now his like rogue one is like his like all over again yeah his rogue one that's like his rogue one version that came out like a couple years ago probably by now that where they redid all the face printing on all six of them um i don't know like like i'll see the show but it's like cassian has the same problem that like like in the 90s like there were peg hanger peg warmers that were like han solo in hoth gear or like lando calrissian it's like the generic dude as figures are like not that compelling you know what i mean even luke skywalker in his like in his like bespin gear is like eh, he's wearing like khakis like yeah he's just like he's just like a guy like they're not super compelling figures you get like one if you got one cassian andor you got them all you know, it's like you got a Rogue One version. You're I, good. I agree. That's where it's, it, it's it's one of those things where again, I I don't like to think of myself as a cynic, even though I can be many times on a daily basis. 
But this was about a week or two ago, like Yak Face, some of the other collecting uh, fan sites were like posting pictures of like early elite calories and Endor figures, not just him, but from like from the overall just show. And I'm like, these are new Star Wars toys. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I will not buy these. I have no interest to pre-order them. There is no, again, new Star Wars toys was like a cornerstone of my just oh god i don't want to say livelihood but just my entire interest is just as a hobby and we've got to a point now because of just whether it be supply chain issues lucasfilms just not knowing how to manage any of this in a timely manner and or with hasbro complicit in it where i'm seeing new star wars toys for a new show and i'm just like pass like not even like a hesitation just being like i even the short they're re-releasing for like the fifth time now the shore trooper I remember when that figure was first released, like for uh, Rogue One, that was like a hard to find figure. And then they, I think they re-released it like a couple, like a year or two ago for the archive line. And I bought a couple of them because it's a cool looking, like it's a, let me rephrase that. It's a novel design relative to some other incarnations of Stormtroopers. And it's just like, like it's the shrug. It's just like, I just don't care. And, I, right. and I don't think that's me. Like, again, like obviously I'm, I bought Kenobi stuff. I bought Vader and Obi-Wan as a vintage collection and as the uh, retro line because they were cool looking figures. And with this, I'm just like you said, like there's only so much you can do with a generic guy wearing like a quasi Nazi uniform. Okay. So I'm glad you brought up, uh, like I do have a couple nonsensical good things to say about recent Star Wars toys because like, but they're not like the the Andor stuff. It's tough to say till till the show comes out and we see what the actual like novel designs are in there. But you're absolutely right, especially like that Vader, uh, the Kenobi Vader from the Vintage Collection. Like that actually might be the best three point seven five inch Vader figure like ever. Like before that, I would have said like the like five POA one from the like those mirror when they put out those multi-packs like when the 5poa line died like that vader was pretty good but like this one actually might be the best looking 3.75 inch vader which it's like i think i was listening to galaxy of toys podcast or something and they said that since the first one there has been like 120 different 3.75 inch vaders which is like nuts to me that it took that long to like get one where like the helmet doesn't look insane <laughs> but like but you know like that that new one that looks awesome i did get that recently the retro collection one is kind of cool because it's like that's it's so funny to think like from 78 until 85 they didn't update that vader figure like it was the same one from 78 they released on an empire card a jedi card and a power of the force card you can't they, fix perfection chris well you know but he had like a hilarious plastic cape that like folded up like dracula and like it just you know they got better at making figures over those five years but darth vader the primary antagonist continued with his 1978 design there's just so many funny things in there like like you know r2d2 just looks incredibly rudimentary and they kept with that design until 85 there's just weird stuff like that so like it's funny that there's like the first five years of Star Wars, there's one figure. They managed to fit in 120 after that since 1995. And then I, it's debatable, but like that Obi-Wan version is like probably the best looking one. There's a Rogue One vintage collection from like a year ago, which looks way worse than the Obi-Wan version. Go figure. A year apart. 
I don't know. But um and but the one other thing I've been enjoying recently is um and like I don't know. I at first thought I wasn't going to get into this, but like in Canada we're like behind on this stuff, but like the jazz wears like like micro fleet stuff. Like I I kind of hate myself, but I love these, man. Like in Canada there's only the ATST, the regular tie fighter and a Saws Ventress's ship. Like that's all you can get in Canada right now. I'm here. I'm in Arizona this week. And like, I was like, Darth Vader's TIE fighter, X-Wing. I almost bought the Millennium Falcon, but I was worried it would get damaged on my way home. So I didn't get it. <laughs> haven't seen any, haven't seen any of that stuff in Canada yet. And it's awesome. I, I don't know. Jazzwares is like doing cool stuff. I love their like Halo figures. Like this stuff is just kind of like action fleet, but like the TIE fighter looks awesome. Like it's like really well detailed and proportional and all that. Of course, that line is not referencing any new media whatsoever. So maybe that is not a great. Uh, well, Asajj Ventress's ship is something relative relative to like Millennium Falcon and Darth Vader's Tie Fighter contemporary. I, they, the I Imperial guess, Troop Transport, which is mostly a Mandalorian thing now. Yeah, I guess you. I guess it's the Mandalorian design for that. But uh, and but I think that line is going to keep going, and you'll see stuff from Obi Wan and Andor and all that. It's like I think it's. I don't know. I see people talking about it. It's new. It's interesting. It's definitely more exciting than like you're not getting vehicles from Hasbro for a 3.75 inch. So it's designs you won't see them doing. You know what, though, Chris, like, again, like, I don't want this to become a toy thing like, going down the toy rabbit hole again. But like even for the like the vintage collection, I'm not vintage, uh, the retro collection, like Kenobi figures, like what, a half a dozen of them. And that like wouldn't it have been cool to make like a little play set in the vein of like the late 70s early 80s of that like little uh what would you even call it the quarry from the uh part three duel of vader and obi-wan and just have like the little like little like things where you like you put their like the little peg hole and you swivel them back and forth and you have like a little like this like i don't want to say flames but, like little like uh translucent red pieces for like the, the burning coals and i'm like they could very easily do that for 45 50 and nerds would buy it because it's like it, it's the idea of like it's when they're that's the thing about Hasbro and they talk about just being cynical and just dejected as part of the Star Wars fan base. I don't think anybody involved in making creative decisions or business decisions for Star Wars knows what the word fun means. I think if you look at even if you have to start stripping it down for economical reasons, like by all means, we like money makes the world turn. It's show business, business being the key word of that uh the key uh, suffix there in that word. And so, but I think if you start off with the foundation of let's have fun and then start to go from there, I think you couldn't, you can't do any wrong. I think if that is your mentality, just let's start with not saying fun as in like goofy, but like, let's make this enjoyable and then let's take it. And then we can always build from there. What a novel concept. You know, like I have, <laughs> let's make these, let's make these toys enjoyable i don't i, I don't know um so i have to like give some credit to um uh chris b from galacticfigures.com he's been like sharing some of my posts lately like you know if you look on the galactic figures feed like three of the last 10 were some stuff i posted in his group it's great but uh <laughs> but uh but Humble you know brag. yeah it's awesome you know I'm, I'm i'm posting the cool compelling stuff over there but uh and the, that's a good fun fun group for like modern figure chat on Facebook, the Galactic Figures community. But um, he made this cool post where he's like, he was talking about that the new Marvel Legends like Ghost Rider Haslab, and he's like, okay, so a year ago we got this 
Black Series Snowspeeder with a figure for 120 bucks, And now this Ghost Rider car, which is smaller and less detailed, is $350. What's going on with HasLab? Because like this is probably just something they were going to release anyways. And they just decide to make it a HasLab, just like the Rava Saber. It's like, since the Razorcrest, like, these HasLabs have not been intellectually stimulating in any way they're literally just like boring things that they could have easily done as a retail product um i mean like i think maybe you suggested it on a previous recording but like the reva saber it might have been hasbro's way of getting out of making it at all when disney wanted them to they could have just said well you know let's do a haslab and we'll actually see if there's any interest because they already knew there wasn't maybe that's the case but like the ghost rider thing it's like you know this should be a hundred bucks at retail why is it a HasLab for a 350? Did you did you see that thing's like almost a, a completion? Like legit, I think didn't it already pass its a goal? Like I know within three hours of them announcing that, it was at like a halfway uh to like funding. It's it, what I don't understand about the, these guys is like they could do it. The problem is they've messed up their price, they've inflated their HasLab prices too much. Like that Rava Saber being five hundred dollars really like messes things up because like they could have done like like the razor crest was 350 you can't say that's 350 a year ago or whatever it was and the reva sabers 500 like it's it's smaller it's less detailed it has less intricacy to it it can't be 150 dollars more than the razor crest like that's nuts so like you know i i tell you guys all the time as of recording this the ghost rider has a target of nine thousand backers with uh, 41 days left to go, it's already at 4,600. So it's halfway. It's more than halfway there. And it will, uh, barring a, a catastrophic uh, drop-off in interest, it will most likely be funded. And, 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 and the, the thing to take away from that is these HasLabs do not have to be connected to new media of any kind. You know, unlike Star Wars, Marvel did get some movie announcements at D23. And... The this HasLab has nothing to do with any of that. It's literally like who's talking about Ghost Rider right now? Am I missing something? Like you know what I mean? Like so we had to have the Reva Saber, but for Marvel it's Ghost Rider and his funding. So like if they would have done something like if they would have done like like a ghost, like like the Rebels ship, the same size as the Vintage Collection Falcon, and charged eight hundred dollars US for it, it would have funded. It's like. We, do you, what do you like is it's not hard guys but again but that's also the million dollar question of what's happening at modern day asbro like we we again i can only imagine the stories that happened in that executive suite between lucasfilm and them like that's that i uh, we i can't even begin to just uh prognosticate on what that back and forth is like again that's disney doing something to hasbro because there's just there's no explanation for any of the decisions. There really isn't. There's even toy wise, like what is there on the horizon that's interesting for Star Wars right now? Like that's another thing too. Like, is there anything toy wise being excited about? Like looking forward to? Like kind all of. The co- when that when that job was when that job was thrown oh, yeah. starts shipping, there's yeah, gonna be some cool Bor- photos. Bib Fortuna. Well, people are gonna. It's it's Jabba's palace will, for everyone. I will gladly spend hundred dollars for that card figure because there's gonna be so many nerds that want nothing to do with that. And I will gladly spend a hundred dollars for that card figure. If you'll spend a hundred dollars for that figure, I'll be ordering my playset t- uh, this evening. Can you even order it anymore? I thought they didn't. They threaten to discontinue like pre-orders for that like six months ago. I don't, I don't think they did. 
Go look it up. While we're talking, go look it up and see if you can actually pre-order it. Because that is the only thing that's exciting to me is Fat Bib Fortuna on a card. That's the only That's the only reason why I would want that. Because it's just so goofy as a design. Um, okay, so getting back to D- D23 is Chris uh, looks up uh, Jabba's, or technically Bib Fortuna's, the throne room. Th- okay, announcement-wise, the three major ones were Tales of the Jedi... Mandalorian season three trailer, which from what I heard was just a recycled uh, uh, celebration trailer and Andor like that. Is there, I know obviously Ahsoka's coming down the line. They're really like, they're tight lipped about the acolyte. The acolyte's going to be the, the, the high Republic really getting its first taste of the mainstream. I, I still have never delved in the high Republic outside of just reading articles on the internet. High Republic is, um, worse disney era the old republic so i i i I wait to be impressed like we'll find out what they do um boba fett's throne room from hasbro is still available for pre-order is it they kept threatening that they were gonna take that down you know, I'll even I'll even do you a favor, Zach. You fit for fifty bucks. You can have fat bib for two. I'm gonna order mine. How much is it? Two fifty still? Two twenty nine. Okay. All right. I thought it was like two fifty. I still say again. I, I st- every once in a while, like in one of these like toy shops, I will see like a Razor Crest like show up. They're like, "Oh, we just got a Razor Crest in like like five hundred dollars," and I'm just like tempted. Like I again, I regret not funding that so much. Like, like you'll, that you'll is- be able to you'll be able to find those forever. They were they sold twenty eight thousand, I think, something like that. For but but for like Star Wars toy production, that isn't a like it's a nice amount, but it's not a crazy amount. Like, well, it is when you think it is. But think about how think about how you could buy ten of any Power of the Force two figure carded right now easily. Well, yeah, okay. Power of the Force two is very much its own beast. It's it's okay, but ten. I'm saying not one. I I know I, I I know. But the idea, like a limited toy run, is considered five thousand pieces. Like, like when, like this is back from my NECA days. Like, if you're a toy manufacturer, you have to do a run of at least five thousand. Like, that's yeah. like the minimum. Like, you have to put into circulation. So they did about five and a half times that, which for Disney and Hasbro isn't a lot. Like when you think about it, like I get it. It's a very cumbersome piece of memorabilia. But I do think at one point that thing, not that they're going to be like extremely hard to find. But there will be a point where people are like, wow, like this person has this. I see like, a lot they, they more can't... of them than I see. Like at toy shows and stuff, I see more Razor Crest than I do that Galaxy's Edge Falcon. That's for sure. But then again, that's the well, third the release Edge... of that Falcon. Uh, well, the, the Galaxy's Edge Falcon was also at a point where like that came out, what, mid-pandemic? Like that was – that thing really did not get any time to breathe in the sense of just like – it was a weird time and just, oh god, humanity – for that thing like no that's another one too that like the more i think about it i would if i would have seen that actually on a shelf i would have picked it up but nobody's gonna carry that in store anymore i got it in store at a toys r us for check it out this is so beautiful though i got it for a hundred dollars off the week it came out just because they had a 25% off Star Wars sale that week. It's like, you guys released the Millennium Falcon the same week you're doing a 25% sale, and you're going to include it, that $500 item in your 25% sale? That's not too... Okay. Cr- that's not... Cr- Again, like, even for all the... F- oh, God, all the... F- uh, for Force Friday back in 2015, like, with all the new Star Wars merchandise, like, everybody, Kmart, Target, Toys R Us, Walmart, all had sales. Like, not Yeah, as- but they had one or, they had one or two 
at some Toys R Us stores. Like, I don't think they like. I don't think it was like a coordinated campaign. Like, I don't think these guys even knew it was coming out. Honestly, but that's but that works for anything though. Like. Y- in your case, that's luck of the draw. Like they're not going to sit there. When they designed that promotion and they plugged it into the computer system, they did not put a uh, exception around that SKU number. Critical error that I benefited from. <laughs> Chris, like that hundred dollars made your braid bro- made. I can't even finish the second. Literally, it makes you it, that hundred dollars. Like, is the difference of how stupid was this purchase? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it made or broke uh, Toys R Us that week, though, Chris. I don't think there was a manager going over the books that day. What do you think the profit margins are on a five hundred dollar Millennium Falcon at Toys R Us? I don't know what they pay Hasbro. It's for one of gotta those. be okay. It's gotta be. <sighs> I would be shocked if it cost Toys R Us more than a hundred. Okay, I'm talking U.S., not Canadian funny money. But I would be shocked if the cost of that good for Toys R Us, the corporation, to buy that from Hasbro, is more than like one seventy. I'd be shocked. I maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't think. Yeah, I I disagree. I I think if they sold that thing half off, they would still be in the black. Not again. Usually with most retail stores want to make a 30% markup on an item like so like if they're able to get 30% on what they paid for it then yeah yeah like that they're happy with that number so no I, I again I think that extravagant cost is also the reason why this stuff goes on clearance so fast in that like even when it's being marked off half they're still well into the black I think it takes a lot for these stores to be losing money on merchandise unless they're giving it away for peanuts like pennies on the dollar yeah, well, I don't know. Like, the people are probably tired of us talking about toys, but like, it was sort of relevant. So much know? toys, like, so little listen, time. I, listen, I want my Calrissian Andor, Endor figure toy ship from Calrissian Endor season one. The rise about, of of the red garbage can droid. Yes, B two emo is that his name? Like B B emo or something? Like, they, oh they really, gosh, I hope not. I didn't hear that. Look before. his name. Go look up his name. It's like B. It's like I'm not making this up. It's like the letter B. Number two, E is an elephant, M is in Mary, like zero. It's like B2 emo. Like that, like that is what it's called. Like I keep seeing the the, the card from the, the, the droid factory Disney thing. It's B2 emo. That's horrible. I, I know it's clunky as hell, but I kind of like it for that reason. That's like those droid factory names when they do like the like Halloween and like pride and Christmas droids. And it's like, they're like R2 boo. Get it. It's like, that's Boo. not canon. That's not Boo. canon. Chris, are you booing me? I yeah. was saying boo earns. R2, R2 <laughs> boo. This is the world we live in. And, 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 and like, you know, those the people opposed, oh, there's a new holiday themed droid at the droid factory. And those cards still look like hell. Like they're whatever graphic designer has had like 10 years of droid factory cards based on their like terrible original design. Like, my God. Every time you, you post them, here's a R5 unit that looks like candy corn. It's like, why do any of you want this? I don't understand. Three point seven five collectors are like a different breed of man. Like I don't understand like why any of that. They're Jones and Chris. They're Jones and they need a fix. I guess so, but uh, you know, like hopefully there'll be one or two because like all the characters from, and maybe this is like a Tony Gilroy thing, but like all the characters from Cassie and Andor are just like regular humans. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, aliens. There's no, like, droids that are, like, lead characters. K2SO is not in season one. 
and even if he was, we already have like awesome figures of him that wouldn't look any different. So it's like I don't know what what there is to like toyify from that series so far. Like you know, that's why you want... that's why the leaked toys look so boring is because there isn't anything. Like there is, I know there was some promotional clip they posted the other day, and you see him flying a ship, and the ship like shoots red laser beams out the side. Is it like does like a, a barrel roll? That'd be a pretty cool toy. I would cringe to well, think that... that'd probably be like a hundred and fifty dollar toy, but like it looks cool. Well, it would have to be a Haslab because a twelve <laughs> oh, scale, a twelve scale sedan sized car is a Haslab these days. So it would have that would have to be not black series. Okay, Chris, we're not even going to go that far because they're not going to make it as a toy. Like we know that that is a right. Uh, I know you're saying not black. will not happen. You're saying not black series, but a three point seven five inch spaceship is the size of a black series or Marvel Legends car. Like it just. I is. know, I know. Oh my god, Chris, don't make it even more depressing than it already is. Oh god. Okay, Chris. So, I, okay, out of the three of these, we didn't really talk about the Mandalorian season three trailer. Is, is there anything? I, I I know we've talked about the idea of Mandalorian going back to Mandalore as being an interesting thing. Was there anything in that trailer that got you uh, hyped or jonesing for it? Uh, well, like, I like the idea that they're setting it. Like, here's the problem, right? The premise of that trailer appeals to me. I just know they're not going to stick the landing because you can't make. They're not. They The problem is it's like as if they're making Ahsoka the antagonist. They're not going to turn Bo-Katan into a psychopath villain who needs to be defeated like Moff Gideon. First of all, let's remember Moff Gideon never even died. So, so Moff Gideon got arrested by space cops, and we haven't heard from him since. And we've had, you know, we've had two episodes of The Mandalorian since Moff Gideon's arrest. No mention of him. And they were in the book of Boba Fett season one. And, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like the whole Reva thing. It's like, I can look at her, I can hear the premise of the show, and I know that she's going to be redeemed somehow. And this, antagonist is not actually an antagonist so like i just i don't like the idea of bo katan as like the possible antagonist for mandalorian season three because it's like unfortunately she's a beloved character by a bunch of people and like i'm not one of them but like she was in clone wars and everybody loves katie sackoff so like I, she can't possibly have an interesting character development that makes her an asshole is that a censorable word i don't know but like you know what i mean like you can't like like they're not gonna make anti-hero. her interesting. An- they're not. Anti-hero. They're not gonna do anti-hero. it. Anti-hero. Anti-hero. They're not gonna come. Yeah, they're not gonna commit and make her interesting and terrible. So screw you guys. Stop messing with my emotions. It's gonna be a weak ending, and she's not gonna die. And she's already seventy years old and looks. But, the same. But, <laughs> you are so hung up on. You are so hung up on. Oh God, Bo-Katan in the Fountain of Youth. I, but again, isn't this going to be the whole thing that, like, again, weirdly enough, we talked about in uh, the, the episode two years ago, Rangers of the New Republic, in this tying into Ahsoka? Like, isn't the end game for this the, the OG Thrawn trilogy? And, 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 and Ezra being, uh, what was it, Yerush Trobert, like, being the, the mad wizard, like, pulling the strings? Isn't that the conclusion to all this? Is that you're going to get the quasi katana fleet only for it to end with uh, somehow Palpatine returned? Like I don't. Th- that, they're not like sophisticated enough to. They're not sophisticated enough to pull that off. Like they already canceled Rangers of the New Republic. You know, Rogue One canceled, and they lo- they love Patty Jenkins. They love the idea of oh man, 
my dad was a fighter pilot. Oh man, I'm Patty Jenkins. I directed Wonder Woman. Oh man, this is everything you could possibly want from a modern like Disney Star Wars film. Eh, cold feet. Wonder Woman 2, not too exciting. Uh, you know, it's like... You should also mention that ever since Thor Love and Thunder, like the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie has also kind of gone out the window as well. And, like and, there was no talk of that either. And you know, and you said, uh, you said, you know, you're talking about like how they cancel stuff without thinking about it. You're talking about like, what was it, like three years ago that they said all these series might eventually tie into like a shared conclusion. You think they still think about that? You think Favreau and Filoni aren't just like, well, you know, Mandalorian's going to take precedent. And uh, if you want to make your like weird little side shows that are like Obi-Wan level quality, like we're not really going to like, that's not going to be dictating the narrative and they're going to take the backseat. And as such, they're not going to be compelling narratives. <laughs> I just well, that's the thing, though. Rangers, Rangers of the New Republic is not happening, but Ahsoka is. And they just, they just kind of cast Ezra. I, I think you're going to have probably a one-two punch between Ahsoka and and Mandalorian. I, I don't know if there's going to be a third show that ties into all of it, but I do think there's going to be some level of a conclusion to this. We There's really... I can't think of anything on the level for television of a major crossover, like at that level, where it culminates in a huge thingy-bob. <laughs> uh that they're but the, the thing is they're the same show you know ahsoka the book of boba fett and the mandalorian are the same show mm, book of Bo- i don't know i i book of boba fett such a weird anomaly in all this ahsoka ahsoka has potential because if you make it the idea of like a mystery show of her trying to track down clues to find ezra and you sprinkle in, in enough star wars oh god just iconography I, again, I think it can work. Mandalorian season three. I'm like, I, no Star Wars fan should care about the saving of Mandalore. Mandalore in the Clone Wars was never an interesting planet. Like the last time we got a major Mandalore story arc was from the Clone Wars where Obi-Wan tries to rescue Duchess Satine. And it ends with him and like Katie Sackhoff is telling him like the only way you're going to solve any of this is by invading the planet. Like that was really the last major thing of mandalore until disney got involved where obviously got the uh the finale to the clone wars and 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 that's the thing the the invasion of mandalore with darth maul and all that yeah like again i I, 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 I think it's neat enough but i don't think it's compelling as and this is gonna be the entire arc of season three of a show it was probably better if you imagined the Ahsoka novel version of Clone Wars season seven, <laughs> but uh, Clone Wars season seven again. The conclusion to the Clone Wars with Darth Maul and all that, and you have Order sixty six and Darth Maul just tearing apart a Venator. That's that's fun. That's pulpy. That like that is yeah. Shame oh God, about the fir- stimulating sh- on a pulpy level. Shame about the first eight episodes of uh, season seven, but yeah, the the last four were pretty good. Um, yeah, and, like but- that's again. It goes back to the idea of is like I, I start. I, there should be a prerequisite for making any Star Wars anything should be emptying a box of action figures onto a coffee table and telling them, telling the producers, showrunners, writers have fun like just like just brainstorm out loud and just like do stuff like that and and i think a lot of it, it, in the words of of oh god how many jedi masters let go it's that notion of just freeing your mind of the restrictions you're putting on it 
it does wonders for creativity. It's it's amazing that you don't like the idea of vision, Zach. After that comment, no, 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 no. that's forced creativity. That's pu- that's putting dumping the action figures onto the table and holding a gun up to somebody's head, head and saying, "Be creative." That is completely different. That is well forced creativity. What I find, what I do find interesting is that um, the they did make some. I think it was at D twenty three. They made some announcement about season two of Visions that it's like it's not necessarily going to be anime. It's just going to be like random animated films like from all over the world that are like of different styles i think that was celebration they said they were going to do something like that i could be wrong but i don't remember hearing anything about visions uh coming out of the last weekend yeah well i mean that i don't know that appeals to me uh but uh just you know like i can handle watching animations i know some people can't but uh 2d animation is like not really a thing anymore that people are willing to experiment with, except for on an incredibly low budget niche basis, I guess. But uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm I, listen. I like, I'm excited for Andor, and I think it's because I'm one of those people who like was still paying attention to like some of the books and comics, like in the the late Lucas years, and like I felt like that stuff aged with me, and it knew that. I'm like the audience member who is like an adult who is like not seven years old. And I still like the universe of star Wars. And I want content that intellectually appeals to me as an adult. Cause I actually don't care if kids watch star Wars anymore. Like I really don't, I really don't care if they succeed in making something that can entertain children and me. I just want it to entertain me. And I don't care if seven year olds get captivated by it because I don't want to be angry about how stupid it is when I watch it. I'm really at that point. <laughs> what is the thing they announced where it's like Muppet Babies, but it's for High Republic Star Wars characters? Should we talk about that real quick that they did announce? Is that Skeleton Crew? No, 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 no. That, no that's Jude Law. No, that's something. Oh God, that, that. We know nothing about that, but it's that's coming as well at some point. That is hasn't droid, been canceled. Is Droid still coming? Is that canceled? Is Lando still coming? Well, Donald Glover at least did a talk show appearance, like probably six months ago at this point where he strongly implied that it's still coming well yeah the same the same way that uh ryan johnson's trilogy is still happening that the the perpetual back burner star wars project ryan johnson like every eight months like clockwork you can set your watch by it he's like yup it still hasn't been canceled what's funny to me is that donald glover will probably be older than billy d williams was in empire strikes back by the time that show happens (laughs) we can only hope that's what will happen and billy d williams was like 40 in empire strikes back perfect absolutely perfect oh god what wasn't even oh god what's that show it's it's muppet babies but for star wars oh my god they just announced it and i kind of star wars babies okay let's see is that actually what's called it's Muppet Babies, but with star wars like that like that's what it looks like and there's like a yoda like and it's all high republic era Wow. Okay. I should tell everybody at home, never type in Star Wars babies into uh, Google. Nothing nothing good comes from that. Well, you know, it can't be any worse than that show where every character was a BB-8. What? What show was that? Wasn't there like an animated show where like even Kylo Ren was like a BB-8? Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, I know what you mean by that, but that's uh, that was even that was cute because like there was a bunch of stuff like Ben Solo and the blue butterflies, stuff, stuff like I, that. Stuff like that doesn't bother me because like it's not canon. Like they're Muppet Star Wars yeah, Baby show canon. is that not was canon. canon. 
that was canon the uh ben solo uh yeah as a bb8 unit yeah Yeah. that was canon obviously it's like the the lego special like the lego specials like it's kind of not like it's kind of like you can read between the lines that's probably the best way to describe it i can't tell if you're being serious or not no it Okay, it's called Young Jedi Adventures. That's what it's called. And it's like Muppet Babies. Like one of them, like one of the Jedi is like a little like imagine like Itchy from Itchy and Scratchy from The Simpsons, but like really cute. Like he's like a blue mouse with like big ears. It, look at okay, let's look at it this way. It doesn't look as atrocious as Star Wars Resistance did. As somebody who watched okay, all of Resistance in real time and it kind of has satisfying conclusion, Young Jedi Adventures looks cute enough. It passes I, the smell the, test. Let's put it that way. Resistance, I was unable to watch, like, physically. But it seemed more interesting than, like, Star Wars babies or, like, a universe where they're all BB-8 units. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. That, Resistance it's an was, like, aesthetic kind style. Of a, <laughs> Resistance was, like, kind of a show. <laughs> it was annoying at times, but it was a show. Young Jedi Adventures, like I said, that's one where I will put that on as a morbid curiosity. It's because I want to see what it is. It's like it's you know okay, this is the weird thing about Star Wars fans. Do you obviously you remember the episode the Clone Wars arc where Ahsoka takes all the the Padawans to Ilum to build their lightsabers? And of course there's like the Wookiee like Padawan. His name was like Grungy or Gunji. There's I know there's an episode where Rob's just screaming about that. And we all laughed back in like 2012 about the idea that like, oh, Anakin at some point like murdered a Wookiee like Padawan. And it was a hilarious idea. Fast forward 10 plus years later and that character showing up in a sizzle reel for the Bad Batch season two gets like, like a woo moment from like a crowd of like 10,000 fans. Like, I don't know. Like there's a certain level of like after the fact, like you kind of have to, like, that's why when like star Wars nerds get mad at like the goofy moments, I'm like, that's like where good moments are like, like seated. Like you need those little moments. So like they eventually like, just like grow into like a beautiful tree. The best thing about that clone wars episode on Ilum is that and neither obviously neither of us know the name of this Wookiee, but, um, he used sound samples from Lumpy from the holiday special when he talked. Oh, oh, you just basically put the cherry on top for me. You took a great character and you made him even better. Chris, do you think the Criterion Collection is going to release the holiday special? I think it's more likely that Disney Plus will get the holiday special than the theatrical versions of the original trilogy. Do you really think we're at a point where watching Grandpa Wookiee look at digital pornography is more likely to happen than getting the original trilogy unaltered on home video. Is that where we are at this point? I think there's more offensive things in like thirties to sixties, Disney animated films that they have on Disney plus than grandpa Wookie, frankly. And all they do to put those on there is put a little disclaimer up front. Can you imagine being like the Disney like person whose job it is to clean up the uh, the holiday special? Can you imagine that being assigned to you? Like we want you to clean up the Jefferson Starship like like acrobatics thing. Like can you imagine just being assigned that? <laughs> it's being well, like s- somebody was assigned both Ewoks movies and the cartoons exactly. by the way. And the cartoons which like th- like I don't know what the archival state of those were for Disney Plus like before Disney Plus cuz like the droids an Ewoks cartoon like I don't I'm not sure like you know th- those are actually HD on Disney plus 
So like they must have like rescanned something. And I don't know what the masters of those like would have looked like. I don't even know what format they would have been in. You know, you see the animation cells all the time and they're like like eight by ten, like so like you know, there's enough resolution there to like do something like 1080p at least. Somebody had to work on it though. Chris, can we, you and I work much like how you and I are going to write a definitive take on what happened during the production of the Rise of Skywalker? Much like how there's 4K 77, 4K 83, can we do 4K 78? And, and it's it's the digital remaster of the holiday special. Well, you know, on the subject of when I was saying like stop crying and just buy 4K 77, there's some guy who was using like AI to like make a 4K holiday special and like. It actually looked pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, like it looked pretty crisp. Oh man. Oh like, man. Like, can I, you make it? Can you make? Is there any way to make the holiday special even better than it's grainy, uh, ported over 20 times each version that's currently uh, accessible on YouTube? Like, I think I posted it. Uh, like, he made a trailer for it, and I think I posted it in the Knights of Vader Facebook group. But he was just like, I have pieced together the best quality version of the holiday special, and then AI upresed it to 4K. And he put a trailer out. And I think I posted it in the Knights of Vader Facebook group, but I don't think he's done the whole thing yet. True perfection can never be completed, Chris. Let's just put it that way. You know, it's going to take him years, and then he'll have to reflect on the fact that he spent years on that. (laughs) And right before he completes that final frame, he takes his life knowing that perfection can never truly exist. And man is not worthy. (laughs) Once I release this, what then have I got to live for? Oh, my God. Okay, so this one final question, because obviously we're on the eve of Calrissian Endor. What is what's going to be the weenie, aka the carrot on the stick, for Andor season one ending? Like we haven't even discussed this. Like, like obviously we're gonna do an episode on the first three episodes because they're all debuting in uh four and a half hours. But it, what's the the lead-in for keeping people hooked on this show? It's going to be like the Bad Batch where we get like a very, very subtle hint to Legend stuff. Like, what was it? Mount Mount Tarvis? Is that what it was called? At the, um, the ending of the Bad Batch where we see not Tom We go there and it's like, we have great things in store for you. Like, is, is, is that what it's going to be? Like, it's going to be a very subtle form of... Just I don't, I don't want to say um, like cameo, fan service. Like like there's got to be something there because I keep hearing in all the reviews that I've watched and listened about Calrissian Endor episode three is that something at the end of it is like wow like we've never we've always wanted this but we never thought it was going to happen. It, so even though he says there's gonna be no fan service, as much as Tony Gilroy's like when I joined like Rogue One to clean it all up, I hate Star Wars. And yet Rogue One's the most, oh God, Star Wars film that that strokes the fans. I love that man so much just for every one of his quotes. When I see him say, like there was that article going around, Andor is the first Star Wars show for adults. And I see all the little dorks putting sad faces on it, being like, "Eh, you don't understand. Star Wars is for children. I just laugh and I'm like, oh my God, I might actually like this one. Amazing. I, I think I think, you know, as far as fan service, I think it's going to do like a live action, more tasteful version of some of the stuff you got with the Bad Batch, because, you you know, it, like there's there's some been some clone troopers in the trailer. I think you're going to get another take on like not Order 66, but like the the like 
the changing of the guard as far as like the Republic to the Galactic Empire, like and sort of what that looked like on the core worlds where there's actually civilization and like how that was sort of presented. I'm, I'm predicting some, um, I think Ian McDermott maybe during his Deborah Chow session form recorded some, some hologram messages, maybe that he's going to be on the TVs out there in Coruscant or something. I think you might get a taste of that. I saw a behind the scenes photo of like 10 clone troopers and like clone troopers and physical costumes on actors just looks wrong to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, that's not meant to be, you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't have They're digital real. renderings. Yeah. They're, it's just like, what you got a bunch of dudes in clone trooper costumes that were like, what is this? The five Oh first celebration. Like this is not look right to me. Like it's, it's just off putting in some way to have practical clones. George Lucas wouldn't like it, but um, you know, well, and like, can they just, I guess they can't, they better not take their helmets off. Like they do 24 seven in the clone wars, unless you, spent a lot of money on a dh tamir morrison which i don't think they did so that'll be interesting he's at least gonna have a big voice role in the show if if they're doing that like that could be cool i'm just i think you're gonna see what it was like when the republic changed over to the empire from a variety of different perspectives and i think that's probably as close as it will get to fan service i'm just happy to see the galactic senate I, 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 you know how, like, I don't think Palpatine's going to show up in the Galactic Senate, but I hope he does. That'd be amazing. Do we see, Ma- okay, do we see Masamita? I don't know if he, was he meant to, like, I guess he's still around as far as the Disney canon. He, he, do- he doesn't, he's still alive. He's the one who surrenders to the New Republic in the Aftermath trilogy. He's alive and he's in charge. He's basically, once Palpatine's dead, the one they go after. I think the odds are good then. What was that like? Was Celius Carson or something? That'd be great if they got what? the actual guy what? back. Oh, the oh the yeah. actual <laughs> order, order. They they would right? Like he would look good enough with all that hard head hard hardware on. Um, we get to you see know. the ETs in the Senate chambers. Well, you know they don't let they only let the human planets in the Senate in the clock in the Empire years. <laughs> Do we get to see the George Lucas senator? What's his name? The purple, purple outfit, McBlueface? Baron Papanoida. And no. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. How can you not? How can you not have him as a senator in there? Like, they would probably want to, but I don't think Lucas would do it. Yeah, what's he? what, What else does he have to do? Uh, Count his money. On, hate on the direction of the Star Wars films. He's <laughs> beyond that now. He already. You think about that was seven years. Like, okay, if you ever, ever just want to, as a Star Wars fan, like have another moment beyond just like, oh wow, the Phantom Menace was twenty, almost twenty five years ago. When the was Force the Awakens Rose? was. <laughs> yeah. When was the Charlie Rose interview? That's the 20- real. <laughs> That's the thing. That was seven years ago. Was the Charlie Rose or White Slavers interview? Like you can't take that back, though, can you? Like that's he doesn't care. Like... He doesn't care. That's the best thing about Lucas is that none of this matters to him. Like, what the last time he really talked about Star Wars on the record was the Jimmy C show that was like on AMC, where he's just like telling. Like, I see this a lot. Like, much like how Chris sees the stupid nerds talk about like how Star Wars is made for children. Like, you'll see like people will take out of context the clip of uh, Lucas talking to Jimmy C. And it's like Star Wars has always been political. And then like the like like a caption of like a a a, 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 a like Lucas and Filoni named this character Halle Burton based on Halliburton and Dick Cheney. And it's like these are completely unrelated ideas. One of them was a character name that Lucas probably had no idea what they were calling it in some 
co-writer thought was cute. And B, like, yes, Star Wars was political. He named stormtroopers after literal factions of evil, just, oh God, uh, uh, just, like, oh God, this, like, oh God, Nazi infantry. Like, well, like, I kind of believe him. I kind of believe him about some of the episode one names. Like, there's not too many people named Nude out there. <laughs> Nemoidian. It's pretty, exo- it's pretty exotic. N- Nemoidian. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. Are we know. really going to give credit? Again, like. like if, he, if he says that's why he named him Newt, I'm going to, I'm prepared to believe it. He, strong uh, non-Newt Gingrich fan out there. <laughs> well i believe that lucas was not a newt gingrich fan i believe it i don't know i don't find i don't have a hard time believing that's so token just like passive aggressiveness though like do you actually take that face value or do you sit oh you mean like you mean like implying that like that 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 is actually relevant to the story beyond just the name of a trade federation guy no i don't think it was but that's the thing it's the same person that's like Watto isn't like meant to be like like an arabian like bizarre dealer he's italian it's like are we really going to believe that like he's the same but i mean why like like, the twi'leks are allowed to be french like i don't understand that either but what are you gonna do a lot of this just feels like it's the revisionist thing like this is the same this is always my favorite example of lucas having no idea what any of this means other than just he did what felt right in the moment this is the same guy going to bring this full circle before we conclude this discussion that think about it, original cut of empire. It's Luke and Vader. Luke has his hand cut off. He's clinging to the side of the railing and he's like, invaders like join me and together you and I will rule the, the galaxy as father and son. And Luke just lets go falls down the endless chasm. Then what was it? 97. He changes it to Luke going ah, da, 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 as he falls down like the bottomless chasm. Then 2004, he like changes it again and takes the sound out. This is a guy that just makes it up as he goes along. And you have to appreciate that when it comes to a billion dollar IP. That he's just like, none okay, of this so matters. <laughs> if, if, if in the moment it makes sense to me, I'm going to do it. All right. So there was a like there was like a, a semi recent update to the the Luke falling, falling down the chasm scream where uh, Matt Wood, who's still doing a uh, sound at over at uh, Skywalker sound in Lucasfilm. He was asked about this. I think it might've just been on Twitter. And he's like, so like, what's the deal with like, you guys put the emperor's scream on Luke while he fell, fell down the Bespin chasm. And that's literally what it is. It's literally Palpatine's scream for return of the Jedi on Luke for some reason while he falls down the chasm. And I think there was some comment from Lucas about like, I don't remember asking for that. And that's why it was gone again on the Blu-ray. Like he, it's like, he's not, you know, he ain't going over everything with a fine tooth comb. Like he didn't think strongly about it either either way. But how hard is it to watch a final cut of this? Like think about you're George Lucas. You're re-releasing your star Wars films every five to seven years. How hard is it to watch them? Like how hard is it to watch these? Like if you if you feel that passionate that like you had to redo all this numerous times because it wasn't done right because it wasn't your original vision, how hard oh, is it in the watch? He did this? ask for it. He doesn't remember. He's his his current comment was I don't remember asking for it. He definitely did at the time, or it wouldn't be in there. You know what I mean? Like you don't just do that. You don't just put the Emperor's scream over Luke as like you know like he just felt like not commenting on it and saying that he didn't remember asking for it. And rather than trying to rationalize a thought that he had like ten years earlier, he just said, "I don't remember asking for that. We'll get rid of it this time." Beautiful. 
I, I, again, yeah. I, for better or worse, it was, it was great having a madman in charge of a billion dollar IP. Like, like there's something so beautiful about the idea of just a guy being like, like what 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 color is Yoda's blood? I don't know. Green? Like, like there's something so beautiful about what are, that. What, what are like, what are our options? Yeah. Uh, but also, like you know, it, it, you'll never get it again. Like also, like Yaddle. Like Lucas didn't want to talk about Yaddle. That's the famous Filoni quote. He was like asking him about Yaddle, and Lucas was just like, "We're not talking about Yaddle ever again." And now Lucas is gone, and they're putting Yaddle in a show. It's like, no, you guys are messing up. You got a baby Yoda. You got Yaddle in a show. You guys aren't supposed to be messing with those characters. Lucas is just like. He's checked out, but I wish he would be angry about this because like, you know, like Yaddle is like Yaddle was a mistake and Lucas realized it. And now they're like, sorry, you made her. And we have to like literally mine everything you ever did. So now Yaddle is it reminds, like much like you referenced the Yaddle quote about how Lucas didn't want to talk about her. I still like the one like I, I, I I'll see this quote once every few years about Mara Jade where Lucas is just like and every single time I read anything from Lucas, I always hear the voice in my head. It's like they they cast a cosmopolitan like cover model actress for Mara Jade. And it was completely against everything that Star Wars stood for. And I'm just like I'm just like <laughs> the I idea that like, that's what he thinks of when he sees Mara Jade. He's like cosmopolitan cover girl from like a magazine. That's what Mara Jade is to well, him. You know, well, Lucas has like a, you know, there was, what, what was her name from episode two who like she did Playboy and then Lucas like cut her out of the movie. I, <laughs> there was there was something like that that I forget the name of the, the model, but like there was some, this lady who was in episode two got cut out of the movie because she did Playboy and then gave an interview about being in Star Wars. I'm, I think that's how it went down. And then he cut her out of the movie. So like, you know, that it, it reminds me of that a little bit. And then like, I don't, there's this clip that I've seen on YouTube of like, lucas and seth green it must be a f behind the scenes for like one of the family guy episodes i don't know or maybe robot chicken but like it's like this stage scene at the ranch and like they're talking about a story idea and like this guy's like what if mara jade does this and then lucas like it's a stage scene but like lucas flips out he's like oh, i'm not the creator of mara jade and you're gonna get the hell out of this office right now and he's like chases the guy out and starts slapping him like that's fantastic like that you know that should be shown on loop at celebration but you know uh, the best part of that sequence is, is that Lucas has like a boardroom and like it has like a pocket door with a remote control because like you'll see him actually push a button on the door, like on the wall and the door start to close. Like, like that's like the small sort of details that I just love. Where like it's clearly a real space. Like it's not like, again, it's not like this thing you mentioned with Deborah Chow and like the void where like clearly it's being staged and she looks very pensive walking across the set. Uh, you can tell this is legit like a conference room and they decided to film a bit. Dude, that conference room, you would see it in like the episode one behind the scenes. Like this was like, a, like if you were paying attention to like Lucasfilm during the prequel era, like you knew this conference room, <laughs> like you'd seen it before. It's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's cool. It's just like, it, it's just an era of hilari hilarity and transparency that will never come back. And like the ability to ha like sort of have a sense of humor about certain things. Um, but yeah, you know, don't, uh, don't watch the Kenobi behind the scenes. Do watch the three episode premiere of Andor. I'm excited for it. Tony, Gero Tony Gero is the, the dude. Rogue One is awesome. Not because of the Vader hallway scene. It's awesome because there's actually decent characters who like, you actually care about and they have decent interactions that are actually interesting. And there's not 
people who do preposterous things like lift up 10,000 rocks behind them just because at this point in the story they should do that even though it doesn't make any sense which Ray and Obi-Wan apparently do on a whim now they just lift up the world and throw it at somebody whenever the story calls for it nothing like that happens in Rogue One and it's a good movie and it's not for dumb reasons like the fans tend to glom onto and uh you know it's it's I'm excited for Andor the trailers look awesome it looks like it has scope it looks like it actually deals with some some prequel style politics will they be able to resist like <laughs> well i don't even want to say it i don't want to say it I, I just hope it's i hope it makes sense for the time period the star wars galaxy is in when the show is set and i don't start seeing highly politically flavored references to current goings on in the real world i don't think i will because tony gilroy is involved and he doesn't strike me as that type i'm excited for it I am uh, passively optimistic. Alrighty, Chris, with that being said, so concludes this episode of Knights of Vader, a Star Wars face uh, Facebook group, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Chances are you will see so many memes and just random discussions and Chris posting stuff from behind the scenes Facebook groups he's a part of. When you are not in the Facebook group, check us out on Instagram at KOV Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify. Please, if you would be so kind, give us a five-star review on Spotify. Those reviews make, well, ratings make a world of difference. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, you can hear me on the Cinemodities podcast, where for the last month, Rob and I have been delving into Monstober. We've talked about Nope. We've talked about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We've talked about... What else did we talk about so far? The Twilight Zone movie where Chris featured himself. The uh, the true, true uh, double jeopardy of John Landis was, was tested. It was genuinely tested. So, Chris, when you are not uh, trying John uh, – oh, God, what's his name? John Landis again, where can people find you? You can find me at the Chris Porteous on Instagram. And like Zach said earlier, if you want to see – if you want to see cool – action figure related star wars news articles that zach forwards me before they go viral on galactic figure news you could follow at kov podcast on instagram where you the real pulse of the star wars collecting community me and zach are the taste makers who don't get the credit but we put this stuff out there and then everyone else sort of gloms onto it in the community and like we're just integrally involved but we need some more of that credit you got to go over to that instagram page and follow us and yeah you know, the guy in albany got arrested for swapping out mcfarland dc figures it was great he was a cop <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know if you like if so like i shared the story zach sent me and like a lot the, the comment section on the instagram and the facebook group for galactic figures for that story are just wild ranging from I will defend this guy like, oh, my God, Hasbro's terrible. Like, it's he just made him, he just, luck of the draw, he's not a bad dude to, like, I'm glad this man's life has been ruined for making, committing this crime. Like, the range of hot takes it was is amazing. And, you know, and, and if, you know, but our Facebook group's still pretty good, too. You'd see some of this stuff early if you went over there. If you've been listening for ages, check out the Knights of Vader Facebook group it's it's fun you can like put stupid stuff in there and we all react to it who could argue One, with that two, three, it's great four. exactly the, the truest uh, high uh, mark of equality all righty chris good night but not goodbye and as always may the force be with you